what's going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the backseat directors podcast i'm your host andre hutchins and i apologize for our extended absence i know i have not released an episode here in the last few weeks uh just had some busy things to take precedence in life right now but uh, i'm happy to be back and i'm going to be joined here in just a second by my co-host ryan nevin we are going to discuss and review a new movie yes you heard that right a new movie (laughs) it's actually one of the most anticipated movies of the year christopher nolan's movie which was just recently released in U.S. theaters. Uh, U.S. actually, some parts of the U.S. had an early screening, while the rest of the U.S. is going to be able to see it this uh, coming week uh, for Labor Day. Uh, But anyway, um, incredible movie. We're excited to discuss it. I'm happy to have you guys here. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Just a quick reminder, if you guys are looking to support the podcast, I would just ask that you guys go on iTunes and leave us a review uh, of the podcast. That would help us out so much. I would really, really appreciate that. But anyway, let's go ahead and welcome Ryan onto the show and uh, let's get this discussion going. What's going on, Ryan? Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's been a few weeks. There's been quite a few uh, events going on in my life. Uh, like we're buying a home so sorry to all our listeners that have probably been wondering where we're at but we are back with another episode ryan it's good to have you back on man um i know they, dude, dude. you're kind of in the middle of it too with uh buying and selling a home aren't you yeah 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 but i mean if it it just as, uh, as much so a bit of time off on the recording as um has been a little bit of a help with this so yeah so it's, it's kind of nice that it's synced up for both of us yeah, well, and I think it, it kind of, kind of, yeah, just allowed us to uh, uh, just take a breath for a second. We are going pretty hard for almost the whole the whole year, man. We've been going, you know, once a week every episode with uh, backseat directors, but uh, um, but yeah, man, it's it's good to be back. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, the first thing that we want to address with the listeners, I'm sure most everyone listening has already heard about the passing of actor Chadwick Boseman. Uh, so that news broke, I believe, on Sunday, just a few days ago. So we're recording. This is Wednesday, September 2nd. Um, but actor Chadwick Boseman, uh, most uh, known probably for his role as Black Panther in the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe, uh, died after a four-year battle uh, with, I believe, colon cancer. Um, from reports that came out on Sunday, it said that he was diagnosed back in 2016. Uh, so he has been battling uh, this cancer ever since. Uh, this news, Ryan, without a doubt, came as a total surprise and shock to the world. Um, I, I think I think you you were asleep. Uh, you know, we got a seven eight hour difference from where I am to where you are. Um, but I started mes- messaging you in our little Twitter group. Uh, you know, just holy cow, what's going on? Um, and I think you woke up Monday morning to that news. So I'm just curious what your reactions and thoughts were just with the passing of Chadwick Boseman. Oh well, just absolutely gobsmacked. It's been a hell of a year, and this is just another um, massive um, landmark with within this year. Is very sad news. Um, he's obviously was a very good actor. I I'm not as a fan of him as, as many people. Sadly, I don't. I've, I miss quite a few of his his big films, but obviously I've, I've seen Black Panther, and I think that would be his his kind of most iconic ro- iconic role as well. And obviously he was brilliant at it, and all the all the um, 
performances he did as as that character in in the in the other films, the Avenger films and the Civil War, etc. was just brilliant, and he seemed like a really genuinely decent guy as well. So it's just it was just really sad news, and it's a shame that it it was a shame that there was no level of kind of build up to it. I respect obviously his um why he wanted to do that but just sometimes for like real big fans it, it's just that sudden news can be such a such a shock and really hard to deal with for people that are, are really big fans but overall it's just really sad news and sad to lose someone that's that's obviously clearly so talented and had such a great future with bringing the 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 black community a, a superhero which clearly they they really related to yeah um and that's i think that's one of the things that has probably been at the forefront of a lot of people's minds uh regarding chadwick and his career obviously you know us as we're just movie fans you know i've we've never met you know chadwick personally and you know aren't familiar with his personal life and obviously because this news came as a shock you know it's (laughs) we know now that his life was very private um you know so just as uh, you know kind of outside spectators uh, regarding his career you know that's how we know him but obviously the work that he has done was very transformative um for you know um not just the superhero movie world which is very popular and very well known but yes but for the black community black actors specifically you know his role as black panther definitely was transcendent i think it, it, you know uh, around the globe having such a a renowned movie and character like that to be portrayed kind of just like, you know, having his own stage. Obviously I just, I just think it meant so much to, to so many people. And, um, and yeah, it, it's just, you know, it kind of reminds me of the news when I, and I don't know, you know, how old you were Ryan when, when the news broke about uh, Christopher Reeve passing. Um, But I, I was old enough to remember and, you know, and I was also, I guess I'm old enough to also have been influenced somewhat by, you know, his Superman movies. But I I remember when that happened and that was, that was, um, I don't know if it was as surprising just because he had been in that uh, horse riding accident that, you know, left him paralyzed uh, for the rest of his life. Um, You know, but what he meant to so many people is, you know, just, you know, specifically in his acting roles in movies and things like that. I think Jadwick Boseman has had um, um, a similar influence and impact, you know, on a global scale as well. And so it's just crazy, man. It is the 2020 has been just been a, a roller coaster of a year for the entire world. And, you know, you know, in the beginning of the year, I think when, you know, when celebrities like this, that I, I again, I, I know we don't, we don't know these people, you know, they're not I guess, in terms of personal relationships, they're not necessarily significant in, in our lives, but, but we do make connections with them on, in, in the, you know, realm of entertainment, which so many people consume. And so like when celebrities like Kobe Bryant or Chadwick Boseman pass away, it still, it still affects a lot of people, but anything well, else impact, you want to say on that? Your, they impact your life, don't they? They impact your life. So just because you may have not had that impact on their life, it doesn't necessarily mean that you can't miss them because they've impacted your life like anyone else would impact your yep. life. So yep. it may not be a two-way relationship, but it certainly is a level of a relationship because a lot of people, obviously a lot of people get inspired by such people like Chadwick Boseman who have who have managed to inspire so many people through Black Panther and, 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 and kind of bridging that gap between the lack of black superheroes and really starting to kind of bring that forth and that's that's a massive impact on on a lot of people and like how you said just then with Christopher Reeve it's 
impact of Superman. It's that you have that impact. So it may not be a two-way relationship, but it's still a, a solid relationship. That's how you have relationships with people because they impact your life, and and a lot of actors do that. And and Chadwick Boseman is had clearly, without a doubt, had done that before he had died. It was it was clear with how successful Black Panther was and stuff like that. He was a major part in the success of that and impacted a lot of people's lives in a positive way. And now that's that's been taken from them so it's 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 very very sad and um yeah and i, I hope things smooth out with it with the character for me personally I, I don't know what they would do i don't know when discussions should have happened or whether what when it's respectful to happen but for me I, I i will miss him as playing that character a lot yeah yeah no for sure for sure and yeah i mean he he, he was just at the beginning stages regarding his career um, you know, in movies and, you know, especially as Black Panther, I think, I think what most people expected and anticipated within the Marvel universe is, you know, kind of the passing of the torch of, you know, the big three of Iron Man, Captain America and Thor kind of passing the torch to the new, you know, the new wave of heroes and Black Panther being kind of at that core. And so, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I'm sure a lot of, a lot of listeners might be interested, you know, in us maybe discussing like what, what does Marvel do from here, but maybe that's something we can address in a late, you know, a later episode when things aren't necessarily so new, but, um, yeah. um, so, uh, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman, uh, God bless uh, your family and everyone else that's been impacted by this. Uh, just, just really sad news. Um, on to our next topic. Um, Ryan and I were going to discuss our recently watched, and even though it's been nearly a month since uh, Ryan and I have gone into this, what we decided to do, we're just going to choose some of our highlights because if we if we were going to go over every movie that we've watched over the last month, um, oh shoot, uh, Ryan, give me a second. Um, ugh, my screensaver went on okay cool i hope it's still recording yeah it's still recording okay um if we if we were to go over every single movie that we've watched in the last month we could probably talk for the next five or six hours because yeah my list is far too long and i actually stopped i stopped keeping uh track of all the movies a couple weeks ago but um these are the highlights and these are the ones that i i just wanted to mention just because uh it will kind of give a preview of some upcoming episodes that you and i will do in the near future um, but I just want to mention the ones that I've seen in theaters. So um, theaters in Utah, they've actually been open. Not every theater, but some theaters have been open since May. So we've had access to movie theaters here in Utah for quite a while. Uh, the bigger chain here in Utah, Megaplex Theater, they they opened first week of June. And so I, dude, I've been going almost once a week since June. And so I've been, I've been frequenting my movie theater a ton this summer. And it's been a lot of fun because they've been showing a lot of the older movies, you know, classics movies that, uh, some of these movies I never even got a chance to see in theater. And so, um, I think I, I think I can recall all the movies I've seen in theater. The first one I saw, uh, was Indiana Jones, um, and, uh, the Raiders of the Lost Ark, which came out in 1982. So I wasn't even born when that movie came out in theater, but, um, it was like, a it's kind of like they had this, uh, program to where you could rent out the, the theater, the auditorium, um, and, and, you know, select a movie. And this is one of the movies we got to see. And we went for my sister's birthday. It was a ton of fun. So I got to see, uh, that I saw Slumdog Millionaire, which I never saw in theaters, um, I saw Batman Begins, which I didn't get to see in theaters because I wasn't even in the country when it came out. Um, I got to see um, 
Jaws. I took my wife to see Jaws uh, a few weeks ago. She had never seen Jaws in her life, and I'm like, we gotta go see, we gotta go see Jaws. It was a ton of fun. Again, I mean, that movie came out in 1975, so it's 45 years old. This was the first time I got to see it in theaters. Very fun. Um, I saw, um, yeah, I mentioned Batman Begins. I've seen. Uh, there was a new movie that came out a few weeks ago that kind of went under the radar, but it was you know low budget uh, film. It was the directorial debut of Dave Franco. It was a horror movie called The Rental. Um, I, I, if if you guys are interested in seeing that, I'd say wait until it actually comes out to video. Just rent it. I, it's probably not worth seeing in theaters, if you guys were wondering. Um, and then, um, and here's the preview to some of our upcoming episodes and, uh, and that we'll discuss. But I saw, and I took my nephews, who had never seen the movies yet, but I, I, I took them to see the Lord of the Rings trilogy in theaters. And this dude, this was honestly, even, even though these are like repeat viewings, you know, I've seen all these movies in theaters, um, seeing them again with my nephews who had never seen them. And also the fact that the theaters were showing the extended versions, which I didn't get to see in theaters, obviously. I mean, the extended versions only came out on DVD after the release of the movies. But seeing these again in the extended versions and getting to, that, to show my nephews these movies for the first time, movies that really mean a lot to me personally, th- this has been some of the most satisfying movie theater experiences I've ever had in my life. Just absolutely incredible. And now I know I know you got to see the, tri- the trilogy too, and I'll let you talk a little bit about that in a sec. But, uh, dude, I'm so pumped to talk about this these movies with you, man. I'm so excited to talk lord of the rings so um and then i'll I'll finish out with uh the all the christopher dude christopher nolan has been like prime time man uh, here in utah they they have they re-released i wish i got to see dunkirk uh even though i saw it twice last year when it came out or two years ago um i guess it was two was it two or three years ago when did dunkirk come out uh i think it's maybe two and a half years ago Man, yeah, I guess time flies. Maybe not even two and a half years ago because he usually released. Yeah, it'd be about two and a half years ago because. Oh, and, that, and yeah, that was his most right. recent movie before Tenet, right? I mean, it was Dunkirk then Tenet. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so, um, but uh, the ones I did get to see are movies that I never got to see in IMAX. So I saw both of these in theater, but never got to see them in IMAX. But I, I got to see Interstellar, and Inception recently, very recently, in IMAX, and both, dude, were just again phenomenal movie theater experiences christopher nolan hands down is not just one of the greatest directors right now but i think easily he is one of the greatest directors to ever make movies in hollywood his filmography is phenomenal every movie and and, and i think it's so rare where you could look at a director's filmography and say he does not have a single bad movie even his bad movies are still really good movies, you know? And mm. uh, and we'll get into that discussion more with Tenet. But, dude, getting to see Interstellar and Inception and IMAX were just incredible experiences. I'm so glad I got to watch those again. But And then just uh, last night, last night I got to see Tenet. So those are the movies I wanted to mention. And, Ryan, I turn it over to you. Cool. Yeah, well, um, since you've just ended on uh, Inception, I will begin with Inception. That was the last film I saw before seeing Tenet at the cinema, and yeah, like I, um, he is. That film is 
it's it's so good. Like I think with the Dark Knight, I think I like it so much because it taps into that comic book genre that I love, and that's what that's what that me- makes it the best, my favorite film, and hit and for me his best film that he's made. But Inception is just like it, it, it's almost on par with with how with how good it is, and the level of depth and complications of it that when you end them out of rewatch factor that they, those complications give and then they become making more sense it's just it's phenomenal and i and i think it's a disgrace that he never won the oscar for that for that film personally and and people might laugh but i think it's one of leonardo DiCaprio's best performances um i think he's he's great in it the, the especially the scene where he um where mole commits suicide like he's so brilliant in that film like he generally is and and nolan's just just executes it perfectly so so yeah and i saw that in imax so i, I couldn't agree with you more um about what you just said about nolan but that was my one of my most recent uh watches if i was to go through the films i've seen at the theater because obviously i too have had the opportunities to see quite a lot of films um at the cinema um due to um, the coronavirus and them having to play old films um i think i mentioned a few on here but i'll just kind of go over them again um, I watched uh, The Dark Knight, another my, my favorite film ever, which we've discussed. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, Back to the Future, which also I had mentioned. I saw that the um, at the cinema. Uh, the Matrix. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. The Matrix was brilliant as well because obviously I never got to see that. Like Back to the Future at the um, at the cinema because that film had come out um, when I wasn't of age to be allowed to go see it. Um, mm-hmm. So that was awesome. So I really enjoyed seeing that. Um, and like you say, I. Um, I, um, I saw all three extended versions of Lord of the Rings as well, which we're going to really touch on a bit more um, in some future episodes, but they absolutely blew me away, um, and I'm really looking forward to going that into more depth. So they're the films I saw at the theatre. Um, oh, and there's one more, actually, but this wasn't... I, well, I don't kind of register this, because I saw this at a drive-through cinema, um, was The Goonies. Did I tell you I did this? <laughs> no, no. That's awesome, man. I... I... You know, I, driving driving theaters are are dinosaurs, man. I, th- I think it's so rare if if you know you live in a city or town that has a drive-in. I, th- I I didn't know you had a drive-in where you live. That's awesome. So we don't. So what we have is a castle. So we have a massive castle, and the castle holds events. And during for the last like month or so during the summer, they they kind of got into partnership with a like a mobile drive-in cinema where they go around and they set up like a massive screen um in big like fields and stuff like that and then they advertise it locally so this castle that we have like what's called warwick castle has like a it's obviously massive and has a lot of ground and stuff and so they um got into partnership and had loads of films playing it was, it's quite it was quite expensive um to go but it was it was it was really good fun um so yes we saw the saw the goonies what do you think of that film you're you a fan of the goonies oh absolutely man i that that's that like when I think of like some of the most influential films from my childhood, you know, like movies, movies that really, really resonated with me and, and got me excited about movies. Goonies is one of them. I, I, I could I, I could turn on that movie any day of the week and still enjoy it. I usually watch it at least once a year. I mean, it's just it's just it means a lot to me personally. I love that movie. What do you what do you think? Is it not as nostalgic for you? Or what do you think? I mean, because it is. You know, it's got, it, it doesn't hold any nostalgia. It didn't hold any nostalgia for me because this was the first time I was seeing it. No, are you serious? How, Ryan? How? How have you gone your whole know, life it's a without film the that goonies? Just kept on just, oh. 
it just keeps on it just kept slipping my radar but it's like because it was like it was in my era um so it wasn't yeah it wasn't really something that kind of hit me i was a little bit a little bit later on so it wasn't something that for whatever reason had um had uh had hit me so it was the first time i saw it and yeah i, th- I thought it was is good i think it, it had needed to be a film that you enjoyed more at the time to be honest i think there's some aspects that maybe of a quality that people might overlook because they like the nostalgia vibes to it but overall it's still it was actually still a fairly decent film and uh, you can definitely tell that it's a uh, a donna movie it looks if it, it looks and feels just like uh like superman oh you think so huh that's interesting because so for the longest time as a kid growing up um the name i i only remember seeing steven spielberg's name on the credits because uh they have a few of those credits in the beginning of the movie when it has the jailbreak scene and i always assumed i always assumed that it was a uh a steven spielberg movie even though he he was i mean he was the executive producer on the movie and i think he even it was his story i could be wrong but but yeah it wasn't until i was a little bit older that i was like oh my gosh richard donner directed this movie but even 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 though it is a Richard Donner direct movie, I always I always kind of saw those elements of Steven Spielberg in there, and maybe it's just yeah my my childhood mind just kind of going back there. But yeah, I do the Goonies. The Goonies it just it 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 exudes the eighties, and so when you think about like modern shows like you know shows like uh, Stranger Things. You know, Stranger Things takes a lot of different inspiration from a lot of different '80s things. You know, a lot of different '80s movies. Mm. But The Goonies is is at the core of kind of the the childhood adventure and friendship that the kids from the Stranger Things go on. It, it's very much Goonies esque, and so um, yeah, no, the, that that's crazy, dude. I can't believe you've never seen that movie. I love that movie so much. I mean, dude, it's got. I mean. It's got a um, um, oh, why Josh am I Brolin. Yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> Josh Brolin is just a teenager in that movie. It's so good, and you know, and then you see, um, you see, uh, um, oh, what's his name that plays Mikey? Um, um, Samwise Gamgee. Sean Astin. Gosh. Yeah, Sean Astin. Yeah, you know, just I some I of these. Saw act- a funny, I saw a funny meme with that where someone has saw like Sean Astin out and they took a picture and they're like, "Oh my god, it's the guy from Stranger Things." And someone commented on it, going, "Like it was like shut your mouth, that's Sam from Lord of the Rings." And then someone else then replied to that comment and said, "No, you shut your mouth, that's Mikey from the Goonies." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so um, um, Josh Gad. Uh, you know the actor Josh Gad. He he did he was LeFou yeah. in the remake of Beauty and the Beast. But he did uh, this summer. He did a Goonies reunion um, on his YouTube channel, and even Josh Brolin was there. Uh, dude, it, it for me because you know Josh Gad was a big Goonies fan as a kid, and so for him, like he's almost crying doing this interview with all the actors and stuff. But that that by far was my favorite reunion show that you know that seemed to kind of be popular over the coronavirus pandemic you know a lot of reunion stuff that's cool but but yeah no that's cool man that's cool i mean it sounds like that was a fun experience uh kind of that outdoor movie experience that's pretty cool um that's cool so yeah so i've watched lots of other different different films just on like tv and stuff won't go into too much um one for me that was really a highlight though that i hadn't watched in, in a while and remembered how good it was was um did you ever get around to seeing whiplash no with jk I, I, simmons nope no i still have Tyler. not seen that i know 
I know it is. Um, it's highly regarded among a lot of cinephiles, uh, but I I have never seen that movie. Uh. Uh-uh. Yeah, you should add that to your list. So I remember I watched it once and I was really blown away by it, and that was when it first came out, and then just got around to watching it again, and it just kind of just really uh, rejuvenated that feeling of wow, it's it's a very basic film, but it's got a lot of power behind it, and it's 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 really good. Uh, you should watch that. But no, other than that, that's there's lots of other films that I watched: Zombieland Two, Vacation, Good Boys, which is awful. Don't no one watch that film. Don't even attempt oh, to put dude, yourself through did, that awful didn't that, film. Did that come out? That came out in the last year, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was within the last like twelve months. It's got, like, it, it is, it's got that kid, it, Jacob so Jacob Tremblay, right? Uh, isn't that his name? That little, um, he's in a ton of different movies. Sure. Ja- Jacob Tremblay. I'm not sure. I'll have to look. I don't. That oh, name okay. doesn't ring too many bells. But yeah, but no, watch loads of stuff. But uh, but this is but the main event really is is by uh, Christopher Nolan himself, and that was the most recent film I watched, which I believe we're going to discuss now is the one and only Back to Cinema for everyone, Tenant. Yeah, I know, and it's cra- crazy that they still went through with it. And this is the co- a conversation that I was having online with some people is uh, uh, with because I think internationally, I think the, the opening weekend made like fifty three million dollars internationally for Tenant, which, which obviously in normal conditions would would be considered um, a, a financial disappointment. But with the fact that not every movie theater in the world is is open and especially here in the u.s uh i think i think the results were very promising and pleasing to warner brothers and i think they're they're happy that they released the film into theaters unlike uh disney who chose to hold one of their biggest movies back and release it streaming with mulan and so Mm. i you know i am pleased with the results and i'm happy that a lot of people are getting to see tenet um, like I already mentioned, I mean, here in Utah, things are pretty different. Um, things aren't as, you know, restrictive or locked down as the rest of the country, um, here in Utah. And so we've had movie theaters open for quite a while, but yeah, it was cool, man. It was really cool. I got to see it last night in IMAX, went with my wife and my brother and his girlfriend. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was just, I don't know. It was, it was awesome seeing, seeing a big blockbuster movie again in theaters and, uh, uh, listeners, what we're going to do, Ryan and I, we're going to kind of give just a, a quick spoiler-free uh, kind of uh, our thoughts on the movie. But um, just FYI, we are going to go into full spoilers because I think this review of this movie requires spoilers in order for us to really get in some type of decent conversation <laughs> regarding Tenet. Um, so, yeah, Ryan, give me give me just your kind of quick review of the movie and what you thought and uh, if it met your expectations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tenet, it blew it blew me away. I think it was an absolute brilliant film. I think it was uh, uh, Christopher Nolan's full genius on screen. Personally, um, I don't think it was his, his his best film, but I think in regards to films in general, it's up there with with incredible filmmaking. And yeah, I would I would really recommend everyone to go see it and and go with an open mind um, and try and and just watch it for, for what it is and not what you want it to be and and you'll love it. It is, it is, is brilliant for anyone who hasn't seen it um, and I'm looking forward to kind of digging into those spoilers because it, it's so hard to review this film without really going into the intricates because it's the intricates that make it so great. Right, yeah. <laughs> so I I really enjoyed the film too um, and perhaps, I mean, perhaps that, yeah, I the fact that we haven't seen a movie like this in theaters for quite a while. I think that might add to the, you know, the, the fact that I enjoyed it as much as I did. 
Um, but even even thinking critically of the movie and you know breaking down the things that I had issues with, this movie is still a really good movie. And so one of the things I wanted uh, to mention uh, to the listeners who maybe are trying to decide whether or not they want to go see it if they have the opportunity to go see it is that there you may have heard that um, one it's very confusing you know at least the complexity of the plot is is it's not necessarily easy to understand at least for me it wasn't and so um, that's something I would prepare the listeners for if you haven't seen the movie Um, and uh, if you have the opportunity to see the movie in closed captions where they actually display subtitles in the movie and they'll they'll do this on some showings for you know, those who are hearing impaired, um, I would actually, I might encourage you to go see it with subtitles because, um, there were a few scenes where I could not understand a single word that was being said. And so, um, right. uh, We'll get into that discussion a little bit more, but overall I did enjoy the movie. I absolutely think it's worth seeing in theaters. Uh, and if you have a chance to go see an IMAX, why not? Like this, this movie was made for IMAX. It fills every corner of that screen. It is an incredible spectacle. Um, and it's Christopher Nolan. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of my, my short recommendation on the movie. So, um, okay. So we're going to move into spoilers, Ryan, I'm going to, I'm going to challenge you since maybe you might have understood this movie a little bit more than me. Give your quick synopsis of the plot of this movie, what this movie's about. <laughs> okay, so so for me, this is, to be fair, this is where the film actually, I was kind of let down in some aspects because the film, when going back and after um, coming back and reading on it, the, like, the plot is, is, is really quite quite simple. It's the antagonist trying to stop the, the bad guy, the villain, um, from essentially destroying the planet, like it's it's very James Bond esque, um, yes. and by doing that, by using the tool which creates the um, the inversion to to use this tool to to collapse the world, essentially that that's the overall plot. Um, but I only know that after going and kind of really reading up on it, and actually, this is quite simple. My my problem with the film, and it's a gripe that. I'm happy to have because I just need to watch it again was that I was so focused on understanding the the complexity of the film the 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 inversion and how that works and how that affects the story than actually following the plot itself and so that's where I got to a point where I was like I don't kind of really understand how what's going on here like why there was like a big war at the end I don't understand how this had come about and how it was a big war with like the army on one side and all these other militant enemies on the other was very much I, I got to the point and I was pretty much like oh my god I have focused so much on trying to understand the back and the forth of the of the of the inversion and stuff like that that I'm not really I don't really kind of get how we got here so your question is interesting it's hard for me to do that because because I had that that issue so that's kind of was maybe one of my gripes a bit but I feel like once I saw the film for a second time and now I understand invasion. I could take the film for what it is and really follow the plot, and I believe that I'd have then enjoyed it. So I don't know, like whether that answers your question. It probably doesn't because it doesn't really give you a synopsis of it. Because, but I don't feel like I could give you one honestly without without telling you what I've just said. No, that's okay. You've got to see it twice then. I've got to see it twice. I've got to see it again. <laughs> I haven't that's seen it great, twice. Man. I've got to see it again. 
Oh, okay, okay. I, I, it sounded like you had seen it twice already. Okay. Um, I mean, no, no, though- no. I've got to, I've got to see it again so that because now that I know how inversion works and I really understand understand it, I can go watch that now without having to focus on understanding that, and I can just sit there and and more absorb the plot and the, the, and what there is that they're actually trying to achieve in the film. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, for me, this this is a movie. This is a movie that I know I'm going to enjoy a lot more on second viewing Um, because it it takes so much focus and so much energy really to to follow along with with what is happening in the movie. And I mean, this is this has been this has been Christopher Nolan's M.O. Like if 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 people are not expecting to be challenged as a movie viewer from Christopher Nolan movies, then then I think your 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 expectations are maybe misguided because I think that's a, a, a fair and honest expectation to have in any Christopher Nolan movie. He's going to challenge you. He, and he's going to challenge you, you know, uh, uh, to, to really, you're not necessarily there to just be entertained. You are there to experience a story that is in many ways um, layered in complexity. And so, and I think, you know, <laughs> I know I like Dunkirk more than you did. Um, but because I know it's a Christopher Nolan movie, I knew it wasn't going to be kind of this grand epic war movie that I think maybe a lot of people expected. Um, you know, not, 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 you know, maybe akin to like, uh, you know, Saving Private Ryan. But, but because it's Christopher Nolan, you knew there was something that's going to be different about the movie. And, and obviously this is the same with Tenet. Like Tenet, and here, I'll, I'll kind of give my my best at summarizing what the plot of this movie is. So it is it is a spy film. Uh, so the main the main character, um, the main character who is, what's his name? Do we even know his name? I think we went no, through that whole movie without... He's, he's called, yeah, he's called the antagonist. The, pro, like, the protagonist. Just, that's just what... The protagonist, yeah, sorry, yes. antagonist, yeah, the protagonist, sorry, yeah, 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 the protagonist. That's yeah, just so what he's called. I, yeah, that's we, what he's, like, we, he's called on the credits. Yeah, we never learn his name, um, but it's played by John David Washington, and he is a CIA agent, and he is recruited into kind of this very secret organization um, that is attempting to prevent the end of the world or World War Three, um, and in order to get into this secret information or a secret organization he had to pass a very very uh difficult test <laughs> you know where essentially he was willing to die instead of reveal information you know and give away uh um his i guess his his counterparts um but so he he gets into this organization and he he is shown fairly quickly um that there is there is this new, I guess, technology that they have discovered that that has the ability to influence time. And like Ryan was saying, they call it inversion or, or things that are inverted. And that time is not things things that are inverted are, are not experienced through linear time. And that when you view things that are inverted, it looks like they are going backwards. And and so um what you come to find out is essentially that there are there was a scientist in the future a female scientist who um kind of like the people in the u.s the scientists that created the atomic bomb um the most famous person was oppenheimer um who who had speculated that that 
triggering an atomic bomb might actually cause a uh what do you call it? like a chain reaction that would ignite every atom in the world and essentially blow up the entire world but they they wouldn't know if that would actually happen and uh unless they actually tested the bomb and so um and so in essence this future female scientist who created tenet or you know this this ability to invert time um she knew that there was a there was there was some type of chain reaction that could be set off that would actually end the world am i getting that right ryan from that yeah that's kind of what it is but it you've but you've got obviously it was it the alg it was it was how it reacted with the the algorithm well so that's that's where i kind of got confused yeah no that's where i got really confused is so i didn't understand if the main bad dude uh played by uh um, Kenneth Branagh, um, Andre Sator, the Russian guy. Um, I didn't understand if he was actually from the future or if he was, he had stumbled upon something while cleaning up the remains of a bombed out city in Russia. Right. That's, that's where the yeah. movie really got confusing for me. So from my perspective is that he, he wasn't from the future in the sense that but he was being communicated with himself from the future that's why he had gold sent back and stuff like that and he was so rich because okay. you saw him pick it, you saw him had put his hand over the gold and it, it shot up into his hand because it meant that the materials had become inverted like the materials that um that the protagonist saw um at the beginning when he's introduced to to Tenet at the very start um so that so that's the whole point is from how I understood it is that he uh, he was getting messages and that's how he was ahead of everyone and knew where everything was and stuff like that because he was getting information and messages and gold and stuff from his future self so it was like he was working in cahoots with his future self okay all right and that makes more sense well so and the reason why Kenneth Branagh uh, Andre uh, the Russian guy was so important to the story is that he he had rigged um essentially he had rigged a bomb to the algorithm that if he ever died and this is something that my wife explained to me because i didn't catch it in the movie it, which is why he was so concerned with his health because and that's why he had that kind of that fitbit uh, always on so essentially if his heart ever stopped it would trigger the bomb explode the algorithm and then destroy the world so his survival mm-hmm. was paramount to the survival of the world. And so at different opportunities throughout the movie where his wife, um, Kat, you know, wanted him dead or attempted to kill him, you know, uh, John David Washington's character, the CIA agent, you know, was there to rescue him. And, you know, even though Andre is a bad dude, you know, they needed to keep him alive. So did you catch on to that uh, during the movie that that like his whole no, yeah. thing? I saw the Fitbit thing, but actually, you, now you mention it, obviously, when he saves him from drowning, because she tries to kill him then. Yeah, yeah, I didn't kind of put that together. I just thought that he was just keeping her alive so that he could continue the mission. Or, um, But yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. That's that's quite clever. So, so I mean, so essentially the movie, the movie, the movie will, the movie plays in this kind of cyclical, uh, cyclical nature, right? Where, um oh and that's another thing so when when uh um john david washington and um um oh my gosh 
Dude, I'm so bad with names. Why is this always happening? Robert Pattinson. Yes, Robert Pattinson. When they when they get caught in that um, that secure vault where all the paintings are, remember when he fights yep. with the, the the masked character? Did you assume that that was him? Yep. I assumed when you saw. I assumed that it would have a relation to him when Robert Pattinson. So you saw him pull the mask off of, and he um, leaves him alone. Them. And leaves him alone. I assumed yeah. that it might have actually been, because you see, you don't know whenever they ever understand it fully till they understood how the inversion works. But because you saw two of them, didn't you? You saw one going backwards, and then one going forwards. So for me, I assumed that there was two people, um, but obviously that was still just the same. I thought that that might have been actually had been Robert Pattinson seeing himself and letting himself go because he knew it was him, sort of thing. But it turns out there was actually um, it was the protagonist. The protagonist. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and that, I, this is one of the very cool parts of the movie, and I, how they did this, I have no idea. I mean, I, it's going to be incredible to watch the special features on on the making of this movie. Is so um, there's a scene where uh, the protagonist is fighting a mass individual who ends up being the pro- protagonist, but at the time the protagonist is not inverted; he's experiencing time linear, uh, linearly, but but his second self is inverted and so when they're fighting each other one is fighting forward through time and the other is fighting backwards through time but when you get to the point in the movie later on in the movie when the protagonist is now the masked individual it looks as if he is fighting forward even though he's inverted when the older protagonist is fighting backwards it's it is it is absolutely incredible it really is like what like when I was watching these scenes happen, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're, you, it almost feels like you have the rewind button on, but it's only on one person. So someone is fighting backwards while the other person is fighting forwards. And it's hard to explain. I'm sure people listening to this right now are going, what? Um, well, hopefully if you haven't seen the movie, you're not listening to this right now. <laughs> um, but dude, those, those were some of my favorite parts of the movie. I really, really enjoyed how they were able to do them what i don't know if they were able to layer on different you know um different reels of film to where you know they filmed something layered it and then you know made it look like you know that they're actually you know happening at the same time but but when certain characters are inverted and others are not and how they're able to play through this it is incredible man like the concept itself is mind-blowing yeah, it's brilliant. It's so it's so clever. I think um, that in itself, I think Christopher Nolan deserves credit for. And I think just because you, I put out a tweet about some people that have have because it hasn't got it's it's probably one of the lowest rated Christopher Nolan films out. And I read a lot of it, and a lot of things is because people didn't quite understand it. And for me, I think that's that's unfair because the evidence and everything is in there to understand it. Just because it's a com- complex thing and you struggle to understand it, for me, it's people that didn't understand it just take some time to understand it because you can actually understand it i've had many conversations with people that i went to see the film with a lot of of my friends and they were all very much not keen on it and then i went for a drink from a couple of days after and i was i was explaining it to them because i understood it a lot better than they did and then they were like oh my god we need to go see that film again we need to go see that film again i didn't see it like that i didn't i didn't know that that was the case oh my god that's amazing because they took the time to kind of educate themselves and ask me the questions and and just kind of understand it. And once it came true, they would, then it was like, oh, then it all fell to, fell in line. And it would and like they were like, oh my god, this is amazing. Actually, that sounds that sounds brilliant. I sure I want to go see it again now. And like 
because of that. Like just because you don't understand it straight away doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad film. It just means that it's it's just challenging you. And for me, that right. that's a good thing. Like there's so many films out there, and don't get me wrong, you guys, the listeners here, know how much you and I love the Marvel films, we love the DC films, and that stuff. But like. They're, they're, they don't challenge you. They're, they're no, entertaining. They're visual popcorn. It's they're fun films. They have certain elements which you enjoy because of X, Y, and Z. But they don't challenge you. They don't. They don't respect you massively as 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 viewers and really engaging with a film, like massively engaging with a film. And Christopher Nolan gives that. So I think he puts a lot of effort into that. So I think people should try and respect that effort that he's put in to respect you and maybe respect him a little bit and give him the chance because the film the film answers all the questions you have he doesn't he doesn't slip up like this guy put so much detail into this film that he tells you that when an explosion goes backwards it actually creates like what what is it when the explosion is inverted and it goes inwards it's the opposite isn't it and it gives him it gives him hyperthermia doesn't it because it's yeah because it goes in backwards and it's like that this is the guy that's putting this into a film yeah so th- th- like it, it makes sense and so it's a it's a I, I would never argue with someone that it's a it's a tough watch because it's complex like i just said i i had to forego really understanding the plot that which is quite a simple plot just so that i could keep up with understanding how the the um, inversion works and then so when I spoke to someone that more kept up with the plot and struggled to keep up with inversion when we came together and we I explained inversion to him he was like okay this film is this film is actually is actually brilliant then like I understand it all now so that's what that's where I'm I any viewers on this who are unsure is just maybe go see it a second time I'm not sure if it's a good thing that you have to see a film a second time I appreciate it I like that it has that ability to to surpass the first watch and you can enjoy it multiple times but I'm not sure if it makes it a good film if you have to do that. But it's all there, and and we'll show you that that the film is is genius. That's that's it. Really, really is. See, one of the things that you, and you've mentioned this before in previous episodes that you and I have recorded. But I I, I really appreciate you making um making me aware of of this aspect of, of Christopher Nolan as a filmmaker because I I think you nailed it right on the head, man. And and I I know I've complained about this before, but yeah, I mean you know martin scorsese a year or so ago said that you know marvel movies and superhero movies are just theme park rides and and i think it's hard to actually to actually disagree with that even though i enjoy i enjoy theme park rides i love it man i love going to disneyland um i even though i enjoy the marvel movies from 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 an intellectual standpoint no they're not challenging at all they are popcorn flicks and the definition of a popcorn flick is whether or not you feel entertained and entertainment isn't based on your your ability to think critically about the movie and the story that's given to you in the movie uh, and and marvel movies and other superhero movies don't necessarily require that and you know and so i i don't know i i have i have seen those those criticisms and people online that have said that about tenet and that that don't confuse complexity with bad writing and it's like okay but honestly i i feel like in many ways we've been trained as an audience to just sit back and consume and as a consumer you know the movie the the director the writers of the movie don't necessarily need to respect you and that's what i mean by what i really appreciate you saying about christopher nolan is that yes i do think that he respects the audience by giving us something to really chew on something that really takes a lot of effort you know to understand and to think out uh you know in your own mind and so 
Tenet, Tenet is probably his most challenging movie, I would say. I think Inception, uh, in many different ways, challenged its audience like no other movie, maybe outside The Matrix, had challenged them. But if I were to compare Tenet and Inception, I think Tenet is a much more challenging movie. Um, would you agree? I, what would I you agree. think about I've, that? Yeah, that's that's why I came out with, with my overall um, review in regards to how it falls in Nolan films in general. Nolan hit the sweet spot with Inception, in my opinion. When I went to see that film, I I, I understood it. I didn't I didn't realize how deep it was, and every time I watch it, I still notice other things um, all the time in the details and stuff. But it, he he hit the sweet spot with being able to watch it and go, I knew what that film was about, and I knew like like why it was the how it planned out, like the dreams within the dreams and what Inception was. I got it. It was very clever, but he he managed to keep it simple enough to for you to get that whilst right. follow the plot and really understand what um, what they were trying to achieve in the film. You could come out after one watch and go, "That's a really smart film. That's really clever. I understood the plot. I understood what the characters' motives were. Everything. Sweet spot with Tenet, like as I explained at the start um, when we were speaking about this, is I had to felt like I had to forego the plot to understand the the complexity, the byproducts of the plot, if you will. And that's where maybe the complexity was just a bit too confusing, which it so therefore didn't hit that sweet spot. It kind of weighed too much a little bit for it being a bit too confusing, which then allowed made me forget. So therefore it, it requires a second watch, and I'm not sure if that makes it class as, as a brilliant film if you have to see it again. Like I said, I don't mind, but overall Inception, you could see that once and go... Yeah, I, I understood it. I get everything. Yes, there's more detail to it, and every time you watch it again, you pick more stuff up. But on a first watch, you can enjoy it and come away thinking you've got closure with everything, etc. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. No. Totally. And I, I, I very much agree. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it's just if you're if you're listeners, if you're used to going to you know just seeing popcorn flicks, I mean that's that's fine. Like everybody has kind of their flavor of you know what they enjoy and what they don't enjoy and and for me personally, I, I do enjoy challenging movies. I, I enjoy movies that really push me, you know, intellectually and emotionally. And, and I think Tenet, Tenet really does. Um, yeah, I, I, and I'm just going to steal again what you said. You know, it respects its audience, and, and I appreciate that. Um, let's go ahead, Ryan. Let's talk about uh, some of the criticisms and things that we necessarily didn't like. I'll, I'll tell you. This is my main one, and I honestly think out of everything that I thought about that I maybe don't like about the movie, this is my number one, and and probably the only one I, I care to mention is that I, there there are just scenes, man, where it was really hard to understand, and I don't know if you experienced the same thing, but especially when there are some scenes where the protagonist is wearing a mask or others are wearing a mask, and they're talking through the mask at specific times where. A lot of other things are happening, so the music is really loud, or there are explosions or gunshots. And dude, I had no idea what they're saying. So I don't know if this was necessarily an issue in the sound mixing of the actual movie during the editing process, or if this was something that maybe my movie theater had, you know, something was wrong with their sound. But I'm telling you, man, there were specific scenes where I was turning to my wife going, did you understand anything they said? I have no idea what they said. And so that that is my main issue because I think if it, and these were probably in critical and key moments in understanding okay what's happening in the movie in order to understand the full plot of the movie 
Um, but I, I just, and maybe that's something that they'll, they'll fix when it releases on home video. But did you have that same experience? No, but I didn't see this film in IMAX. I'm going to go see it in IMAX. I saw it in a thing called X Plus, which has got Dolby Atmos. Okay. Um, so maybe the, the Dolby Atmos side of things with the more um, detailed speakers for certain aspects of the film maybe made it more, give it more clarity, possibly. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, like Dolby Atmos, obviously, it, cinemas is like, it's ridiculous. They've got like something like, what is it, like 75 speakers or something. So it's, um, so maybe that it get, it was maybe more built for something like that, which gave it a bit more clarity because I didn't ever come across a time where I felt like I couldn't understand what someone was saying. So that's, no, that's a shame for you. Um, yeah, no, you'll, you'll have I, to let I'm me know. If you IMAX go see an IMAX, week, yeah. so I'll try and pick it up. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, you'll have to let me know. But that's, I mean, other than that, man, and, we'll, and, and after you tell me your criticisms, we'll go into our, some of our favorites. But uh, honestly, dude, after, that's that was like my main complaint of the movie. The acting was was superb. I love John David Washington as as uh, our, um, as the the main character. Like I, dude, he's phenomenal. But anyway, okay, let's let's uh, talk about some of the things that you didn't like. Did you know that John David Washington was Denzel Washington's son? Because I only found this out the, the day I went to go see it. Oh, did you? Yeah, no, I knew about that because uh, a couple years ago it was the Spike Lee joint movie, um, um, uh, Black Klansman. And that that was maybe John David Washington's kind of coming out party because that movie did so well. Um, it was nominated for a bunch of Oscars, uh, and I really liked that movie. But he's he's the main character of that movie, and he he was very good in that movie. So I I just I full on look forward to seeing him in more movies. I thought he was excellent in Tenet. Yeah, he was good. Um, see, so my mate, my kind of major gripe um, wasn't wasn't the sound of I've had a very decent experience with that. In my opinion, the um, the it was I, I always forget her name as an as an actress but um what was the lead females what's her name again yeah so she her name's elizabeth debicki uh, debicki um i That's know it. her yeah. I, I i mean whenever i think of her i think of man from uncle she was yeah uh, she's the the villainess isn't yeah she? yeah uh-huh yeah so she, i've got nothing wrong with her. i think she's a brilliant actress very very good my main gripe was that i just felt that she and uh brenna were not a like authentic couple i i couldn't i i just don't think that they matched um together i don't feel like they so therefore the scenes for me together for them just did set felt a little bit inauthentic because i just don't feel like they they seemed like a couple that would ever kind of she was so much like taller than him and kind of and i'm not saying that you gold guys need to be taller but like it just didn't it made because she was like so much like taller and kind of bigger than him and he's quite short and stuff it it made him look a little less powerless like in my opinion um it just it just didn't seem a right fit she's a brilliant actor actress he's a brilliant actor just them as a relationship together i just i just i I didn't find it believable and because i didn't find it believable i didn't find their scenes to be maybe as impactful as they, they should have been so that was kind of my gripe i'm just not sure the casting was great there i just don't think that they they were a very a well matching couple, whether or not that's a gripe, whether people feel that's fair or not. But for me, it just didn't it just didn't feel like believable for me. So that so that a lot of their scenes lost their lost their impact. Anything else? Um, there's I, one I, thing there, there's one thing to... that you mentioned on Twitter that I'm curious if you're if I mean maybe if it bo- if it didn't bother you that much, but. Uh... 
anything so else? So it depends with the gripe. I, I put a tweet out because of the score. I was going to mention the score. Um, is that the one you're referring to? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't think the score was bad. I just... This film would have this film would have been um, so so good if it it needed a the, the Zimmer Nolan combination is brilliant and the score for me is is it 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 weighed too much towards creating a more powerful impact on what was going on than than there being an emotional weight to it which I think is what Zimmer gets perfect is he's brilliant at adding that kind of impact like like Inception which it gets perfect is that it adds that impact in times where there needs to be in the action scenes and stuff like that, or uh, the more upbeat scenes, he adds real, really good stuff like that. But when there's more of the um, scenes where people are connecting and stuff like that, he's brilliant at bringing those kind of other types of tunes, which is where like Inception, like where time comes in, um, that track of his, which is like iconic for Zimmer is, is, is brilliant. It really highlights um, his work with Inception and how that is that you can go from really impactful music to stuff like Time, which is which is really emotionally driven and really gives that weight to the characters. With this, as much as I felt it had that that real powerful vibe to it, which was brilliant in the real upbeat scenes, it added real to that. But when there was more character-driven scenes where there was characters having connections, it didn't have that emotional weight to it, which then didn't impact those scenes as much as it would have. And I just know that Zimmer would have would have done that because he's a pro at that so it just lacked a little bit for me but it doesn't necessarily mean I don't like the score I still think it did really well in most of the parts because it's a very powerful upbeat film constantly on the go so <laughs> it, it matched that it's just there was some scenes like for example the um you know at the end which which was was my favorite scene to be fair so it's, it it really was when um the protagonist and and Neil which is played by Robert Pattinson have that moment where Robert Pattinson is is going to tell him that he's going to, he is now going to go back to Inversion to go back and get himself killed, essentially, because that's just what needs to be done. But there's lets the protagonist know that, you know, we, we've been friends for a long time and you, you don't know it yet, but you will. And that whole scene is, is so complex, it's so emotive, it's, it, it, it ticked, the acting was, was brilliant. Like, we see um, Washington really tear up. Like, that's such a great scene. And for me, I was like, but the music was the bit that, that let that scene down a little bit, in in my opinion. I think that if this had a Zimmer-ness to it, that scene would have been up there with one of my favourites. It was so good. It had so many different elements to it. So, yeah. But I'm, I, I don't I didn't want to put that down as a section, which I, I, I didn't like, because that's that's not true. It's just It was just a thought of mine. So and that's uh, I, I'm happy you brought this up because I, this is one of the things I wanted to talk about because I saw you you got to see the movie before before me and I saw you tweet that out and this was one of the bigger I guess news breaks uh, or, or breaking news about Tenet when when kind of the movie was announced and like production and all that is that Zimmer had been tapped obviously for this movie but also for Dune that was going to be filming at the same time. And he had to choose. And so, you know, Zimmer has scored, I think, almost every, at least every movie um, that Nolan has done since um, The Prestige, I believe. Um, he didn't do The Prestige. It was he after, did. so from... Um, so from Batman Begins. So from Batman Begins, yeah. Yeah, and on. And and some of these scores are some of my most all-time favorite scores. Like, like the score for Interstellar is probably... A it might be a top five score in my opinion for uh for me but um 
so I knew you you weren't necessarily pleased with the the entire outcome of the of the score, which was composed by Ludwig Göransson. If you guys don't know who Lud, Lud, Ludwig is, he he is he's someone to watch out for because he is definitely on the rise. He's already won an Oscar uh, for his score for Black Panther back in 2018, but he also scored um, the Star Wars Disney Plus series, The Mandalorian, and he's going to be scoring season two as well. Um, you know, so when Zimmer wasn't available for Tenet, I was curious to see who Christopher Nolan was going to pick because his his music is so important to his movies. And so I knew it was going to be, you know, a really critical choice for him to make. So when he picked Ludwig, Ludwig Gorenson, I was I was kind of surprised because even though I think he's talented, I haven't necessarily loved his music. Um, but this was something that I was paying attention to closely throughout the movie and and I kept asking myself, if I didn't know that Hans Zimmer was not scoring the music, would I be able to even tell a difference? And I can only answer that question honestly, that I don't think I could. And because I couldn't, I I just, I don't know, I really enjoyed the score, man. And I'll have to go back and maybe kind of watch those specific scenes that you called out on that maybe could have been more emotionally poignant for you. But dude, I loved it, man. And this, I think this might be the only thing that you and I disagree on. But I really enjoyed the score, so I, I'm looking forward to kind of you know downloading it and listening. Uh, I don't to want to put us down as a disagreement. But... I don't want to put it down as disagreement because I the next day when I put my headphones in to go to work, I put it in my Spotify because it's yeah. just, but it's not out till Friday to listen yeah. to. So I don't want to go down as someone like because I li- I liked it. I liked it. Just you know how much I like Zimmer, and I just yeah, think that yeah. <laughs> it could have it could have been a, it could have been another classic. And I think that I'll listen to this score a couple of times because it's fresh and new and stuff. But it will, it will fall into the ether of all the other movie scores. Yeah, you know I mean it won't be one. I still listen to like Inception, Interstellar today, like Batman yeah, no, Begins, same here. and I yeah, just yeah, and that's a level like Nolan and Zimmer seem to produce. And as much as I liked this score. It won't. Be, I know for a fact it won't be one I'll be going back to in a year's time. That's all. So it's just that's. No, that's me. fair, man. I mean, that's it's it's one hundred percent fair. You know, I I just like when he when he won for Black Panther, I was kind of disappointed. Even though I think the Black Panther score is good. What um, uh, what were the other options? I think Dunkirk, uh, Dunkirk, which was another Zimmer score, I thought was better than Black Panther. But you know, and then his Mandalorian score. I, there are some aspects of the score that I, I I really like, but then other parts that I feel like are actually pretty boring and kind of forgettable. Um, but no, I I liked I liked the Tenant one. So he did he did a good job with um. You missed out his biggest one though. He did Creed one and two. He did. And there, he did a really Creed. good job of that to follow yeah. up on obviously the Rocky sound score, which is like iconic. So the music in Rocky is drives it massively. He did a really good job at being able to take that, respect it, which is a big thing for me. You know how I like with Danny Elfman and Justice League and stuff like that is he took the Rocky score and he res- he respected the hell out of it. You can tell that he is inspired by the Rocky score, but he put his own twist on it because the film had its own twist on it. So it had its music with um, Michael B. Jordan's character and stuff like that and but he respected what came before that, and I love that about him. And for me, yep. he's always been in my good books because because of that. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. No, I, I think that's very fair. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so I I already kind of touched on some of my favorite aspects. Uh, I, I already mentioned John David Washington. I think I think he is an actor that is going to just continue to rise in his stardom in Hollywood. Loved his performance in the movie. I thought he was just. He was just so good. Like I thought he fit perfectly in this Christopher Nolan movie. 
Um, I thought Kenneth Branagh was a really good villain. Um, and even though, yeah, I, I guess I can, I, I see your point on maybe his chemistry with, um, his wife, uh, Kat played by Elizabeth, uh, Debicki. Um, maybe it necessarily wasn't there, but I think their individual performances were very good. Uh, you know, Michael Caine makes his cameo in his Christopher Nolan movie. Um, but you know, uh, the action sequences are incredible. The practical effects are just off the chart. And that's one thing that you, you have to appreciate uh, with Christopher Nolan is that he's old school, man. He's all about the practical effects. I think he utilizes CGI in very specific ways that, that won't take away necessarily from the viewing experience. But like, like I know, I know I don't have to look up the special features. I know that that whole crashing a jet into a building scene that absolutely was real, man. You could tell, you could tell like, Dude, yeah. the, the the guy the guy just I don't know I just I just appreciate his his skill as a director and filmmaker so much man and and Tenet I think Tenet just really displays his abilities uh, really well so those were those were kind of my my highlights what about you man um my highlights was was more so on Robert Pattinson um I thought. He was awesome. His character was so underrated. He was, um, yeah. No, I, I'm happy you it, mentioned but... him. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I don't want to steal it from you, but no, I'm happy you're mentioning him because yes, he he definitely was very good in the movie. Go ahead. He was really good, and I just loved. Like for me, I felt like he was kind of just as much as a main character because, like, he was kind of he was coming backwards. That's what I love about his character. I think he's like it's like I don't think I'm seeing people enough about this, but he's like this film is a time travel film. Like this, he is a time traveler. Like Robert Pattinson's character is a time traveler, and I love that about him. I thought he had so much. He, even though um, like Washington's character was the main character, and he had kind of more kind of weight from a complexity of a character um, emotionally. I felt from a story perspective, Robert Pattinson had the more of the complexity of a character, and he delivered it brilliantly. I honestly it was it was so good. And so when you find out that he's like he obviously dies and stuff, like it it was it was really sad and. I loved it. I thought he, he executed that character brilliantly. And did you notice that? Um, obviously, he had that string on his backpack, right? Which well, yeah, that's how. That's... Yeah, yeah. So you you don't realize that it's him who had died until you see him at the end of the scene when he turns around and it's the same backpack of the guy who you knew was shot. Yeah, but did you did you not realize that at the beginning of the movie, like very like, like literally in the first two minutes of the movie, when Washington gets saved by someone inverting a bullet, that's still that's Robert Pattinson. Oh, I don't think I did. No. <laughs> yeah, because when he runs off, when he runs off, he's got the string on his backpack. Oh, that's really good, man. So that that's highlights really that Robert Pattinson's been like he's literally like dipping in and out of time to help with their mission. He's like there from from the very beginning, and you just don't know it. He's so in this, there, like from the this, very beginning was, helping uh, with the mission. This was my wife's. Um, this was her her thought. She thinks that so the the main female character, Cat, uh, her whole goal is to get free of her ex husband or husband, and to be with her son. So my wife thinks though her son is actually Robert Pattinson younger. Did you did you make that connection? So I didn't make that connection. No, you, but. but yeah, my my wife is convinced that that cat's son is going to grow up to be Robert Pattinson's character Neil. Why do you think? Why? 
I don't know. It's just you know. well because it, uh, well, I mean, obviously the protagonist John David Washington's character does make a connection with Cat. I mean, he's there to save her at the very end. You know, as she's walking out of the school with her son, and and so I don't know if it was just implied or if it was kind of one of those like things at the end of Inception where you don't really know. You know, and it's kind of up to the audience. But I I didn't think of that. But when my wife my wife said that, I was like, oh, I actually could that could kind of make sense because. You know, I mean, I guess, you know, they're, they're going to meet, they're going to have a friendship and relationship, you know, and I don't know. I don't know. It'll be, yeah, it'll yeah. be maybe interesting. <laughs> yeah. I'll uh, maybe check out, see if there's any hints next time I see that, but it's uh, but yeah. So for me, Robert Pattinson's whole, he, he was an actor delivering that his whole story and arc for me was, was really, really interesting. Like, and how he saves the character and how you, but how you see it in reverse and stuff like that was just brilliant. So for me, that was great. Um, I loved, I loved, like say, it was a time travel film, and and you actually, and how Christopher Nolan has kind of like reinvented a time travel film, and people just I don't think people really notice that too much. So they go back in time, like right. when they're in inversion, right. they're going back in time and then coming out at a different point in time. That's the past, right? But I yeah. don't think people yeah. really really realize that. Well, yeah, that's um, which it. That's, I think is where a lot of confusion were for people, right? Because that's that's the whole that's the whole trajectory of of the film. It's it's a circle. So you see, the first half of the movie, the events play out. In the second half of the movie, they replay those events in reverse. It's it's fascinating, man. Yeah. And so that was well, I really liked that. I liked that because I love time travel. I love all that sort of stuff, and I really liked that Christopher Nolan was able to find a new way at telling time travel that it's. Okay, well, what's it like actually seeing someone being a part of that reverse of time? That's how he saw it, and so that's that was really cool. And he and being able to create that, and and for that whole machine to be so clever as well, like how he says about how you should be seeing yourself going into the machine and and coming out because it's like because it's the the reverse, which is a mirror. A mirror reverses what like what you do in some aspects, isn't it? Kind of like yeah. So you should yeah. see yourself going in. You should see yourself coming out because it's because that's what that is in that machine so that was brilliant that whole design of that machine and the the ingenuity that went into it was was really clever um so that was something that i really enjoyed as well um but yeah there's i could go on forever i think it was just just a a really 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 brilliant film and there's just so many aspects to it that i love i love the detail as well like in terms of little hints that you need to keep your eye on like say with the like i said with a backpack with the string at the beginning that's something that really stuck in my mind and that's when i saw it when he sees the string when he sees the dead body on the floor he sees a string on the backpack for me i just linked that straight to okay that was the guy that he saw at the beginning but there's loads of different stuff like did you notice that when the plane is crashing into the um into the building and the gold is falling out the back you see a an ambulance like drive off in the other direction Oh, like dude. which is just it's nothing, <laughs> but but you actually see that, and then later on in the film, you that's them in that ambulance with her in it see, going off in the opposite direction. Yeah, so but you don't talk- notice that stuff because it's not important then, right? Exactly. We we um, that was one of the things we talked about uh, when we got out of the movie is like, oh, I wish I wish I'd been paying attention enough uh, to to notice if there was an ambulance going backwards because you're not. I'm sure it's in there. It has to be in there. I mean, Christopher Nolan's going to add that detail in there. He's not going to forget it. But I, I can't yeah, say that I so noticed exactly. it. So it's like happening. it's there. Yeah, yeah. No, that's cool, man. That's cool. <laughs> but, 
<laughs> so it's just loads of stuff like that, and the fact that she sees, she talks about a woman who she envies her freedom, who's jumping off the boat, and he just, she just thinks that it's just some some woman that uh, Kenneth, Branagh, Branagh, Kenneth Branagh's characters um, sleeping with behind her back or whatever. But it turns out like that was her, and it's just relate, and it just highlights the fact that that was her actually escaping to her freedom, and that was yeah. what she how she described that character at the beginning, and that holds that whole loop and. Just the stuff like that, like the stuff that we've gone over, man. It's like, how is how is anyone giving this film a bad rating? Okay, maybe not a perfect ten out of ten, but like, like, come on, it, it's it's so it's so deep, it's amazing. Yeah, no, I agree, man. I agree. This has been a fun discussion, Ryan. Let's go ahead and let's uh, end with giving our official recommendation on the movie to the listeners. Um, so if they haven't seen it and hopefully again, guys, I, this was a spoiler heavy episode. I don't want to ruin the movie for you guys, but, um, uh, let's, uh, yeah, recommendation being a no go, maybe matinee or, or go see it. Uh, what's your recommendation, Ryan? My recommendation will be go see it again. Nice man. I, I completely agree <laughs> because I'll probably be seeing it again myself, but yeah, my, my recommendation yeah. is definitely go see it and and if you have a chance to go see an IMAX go see an IMAX it was incredible um but yeah no that's it Ryan uh this was a fun discussion listeners thanks so much for joining us um thanks for being patient while we were getting this episode recorded and uh released to you guys as well um we're gonna have a fun episode coming up next week Ryan and I we're gonna invite a friend onto the podcast and we're just kind of we'll discuss Tenet again but we'll also discuss kind of Christopher Nolan's extensive filmography in in more detail, but uh, that's going to be fun. But um, Ryan, why don't you go ahead and let the listeners know how they can reach out to you or follow you online? Cool guys, um, as always, it's Ryan from LifeOfFilms.com. Um, go ahead over there and read some of my stuff. And if you want to get in contact, all my information's on there. And yeah, it'd be good to get in touch. Sweet. And uh, listeners, you know how to get a hold of us. It's just go to BackseatDirectors.com and everything else. Um, but thanks again for downloading today's episode and until next time guys and guess what we can actually say it now we'll see you at the movies the backseat director's theme song is let's go to the movies by ozo motley you can find the album ozo motley presents ozo kids and all of their other music on itunes the backseat director's podcast is available to download on apple podcast google play stitcher podbean and most other podcast platforms Join the conversation online and follow Backseat Directors on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Part of the plan, sold a pop, and now we go to door number one to catch the show. We find our seats, the perfect road. Why? It's the perfect day for a movie. Let's go see a show. Let's go to the movies and see a show. Documentaries, uh, so many options, so much variety. There's a perfect movie for you and him and her and me. Uh, so find your seat 
in the perfect row Sit back, relax, kick up your feet And turn off your phone 